and it's you we adore singing Lord we adore you and we wait for you in this place to come and move amongst us as you will in Jesus name Amen. Uh, one more notice to give to add to the one I read earlier uh, this is from Mark um, who can't be here again this morning so he's asked me to uh, read a notice about the warm and welcome spaces uh, that have happened now twice in fact um, and so we're making the uh, foyer available every Thursday morning between 9.15 and 12.15 uh, and it'll be 12 Thursdays in all that we're doing this um, and so what we're asking for is two people to be present uh, to uh, sort of help that that space to be a welcoming space each Thursday morning. Uh, there's already quite a few signed up, so thank you very much to those who have signed up already. Uh, we need a few uh, male volunteers to join uh, the, 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 the people who are manning or, or peopling this, this space. So um, the email has been sent out by the office, I think, a couple of times. If you haven't seen the email, please let me know uh, because you need to contact Mark to get yourself on this particular rotor. Okay, so. Uh, please do do that but it's a lovely opportunity to show welcome uh, and hospitality to, to our community at a time of rising bills etc etc so we're going to stand and we're going to sing uh, a, a couple of opening songs and uh, John will be leading us in music this morning so please do stand as we sing together
presence of the Lord, the Holy One is song called Jesus Hope of the Nations and if uh, there are is anybody like to wave a flag as we sing this song it's a wonderful song of praise please do feel to do free feel free to do that as we sing this song
Do be seated as we say these words, opening words together, words of confession as we worship God. And so we say, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. So we come before him to confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments, and to live in love and peace with all. So we're now going to say sorry to God and ask him to forgive us. Please join in with the words in bold type. God of our baptismal hope, forgive us when we do not wait patiently for your direction. Forgive us when we are too patient with our misdirection. Hold our gaze on your baptismal promise, sealed in the life, death, and resurrection of your Son. Through the power of your Spirit, give us the courage to speak what we have seen and point to the one who takes away the sins of the world. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's just have a moment of quiet to receive God's forgiveness in our lives. May the God of love and power forgive us and free us from our sins, heal and strengthen us by his spirit, and raise us to new life in Christ our Lord. Now, for any uh, youngsters amongst us, Rachel's at the back there uh, with uh, a craft or uh, something to do uh, during the service. You're very welcome to join with Rachel there. That's absolutely fine. So whenever you feel ready, that's fine. That's, uh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, now, um, in a moment, um, John's gonna be, John Language will be preaching, but we're going to sing a song which uh, Sue taught us last year, which helps us to uh, prepare for God's words we preached. And it's the, the song, Speak, O Lord as we come to you. So after that, we'll have our Bible reading and then John Language will be preaching to us. Thank you, John. Do stand to us. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your It deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness. That the light of Christ may come seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purpose. For your people, 
Please be seated. Jacqueline's going to read to us, and then John will come. The reading this morning is from John chapter 1, starting at verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him, except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen, and I testify that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. Then he brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, 
which, when translated, is Peter. This is the word of the Lord. Would you join me in praying for John as he comes? Father, we pray for John as he speaks in your word. We pray that our ears, our hearts, our minds will be open to hearing you, what you're saying to us from your word. And as we hear that we would listen and obey. So bless John now, we pray. Good morning. Oh, some of you look quite pleased to be here. That's nice. John the Baptist. I don't know if Peter gave me this because he thought I was John the Baptist. No? I am called John and I have been attending lots of Baptist churches in my time. I also have the beard and I have the leather belt. But there are no camel hair clothes in my wardrobe. And though I like honey, uh, locusts are not part of my diet. And even if you could get them in Daisy and Tilly's, I still wouldn't eat them. But John, John the Baptist. John the Baptist had one job to do. He was, if you like, the town crier. Announcing the coming of Jesus and encouraging people to get themselves ready for the one who was to come. People were drawn to John because uh, he had a powerful and uncompromising message. But John wasn't interested in gathering disciples for himself. He didn't want followers. His whole purpose was to direct people to Jesus. And as we see in our passage, he actively encouraged people to leave him and follow Jesus. I expect he had a bumper sticker on the back of his camel saying, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Maybe he didn't have a camel, I don't know. I just made that bit up. But John announces Jesus in an unexpected way. You see, when Andrew uh, was directed to Jesus and found him, what it was the first thing he did, he went to his brother Simon. And he said to Simon, we have found the Messiah. And of course, that would immediately have meant something to the people of that day. That word Messiah carried a picture, a message, if you like. Like if, if you're a football fan and somebody says, it's the special one, you immediately think of Jose Mourinho. You'd probably rather not think about Jose Mourinho, but that's what would come to mind. And of course, um, if someone says anything about the spare now, unless they're stood beside a car with a puncture, we all know that they're talking about Prince Harry. And Messiah was a long-awaited one who was going to come and restore the fortunes of Israel. And they've been watching and waiting for this Messiah to come for centuries. But John didn't say, behold the Messiah, Rather, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And the term Lamb of God is only used in this passage. 
It only appears twice in the Bible, and, and it's these verses here that we've read this morning. It doesn't appear in the Old Testament. You get something in the uh, Revelation about the Lamb seated on the throne, but the term, the phrase Lamb of God appears only here. John says it twice, and then it never occurs again. It wasn't a well-known, accepted title for the, the coming one. So why? Why? I think what John is doing here is to try and change people's thinking, their understanding about this coming one. Calling Jesus Messiah here would immediately have triggered thoughts about uh, a coming, all-conquering king who was going to restore Israel. They had specific expectations about the Messiah, what it would be like and what he would do. And of course, they were largely wrong. And so John declares, not the Messiah, but he declares, behold, the Lamb of God to try and change their expectations. <laughs> but did they know what he was talking about? If it's a phrase that never used uh, commonly, what did they understand by the Lamb of God? Well, to answer that, we need to get into their mindset a little bit. It's like a lot of scripture. You know, if we understand the culture and the thinking of the day, we understand the richness and the truth behind it. And uh, that's, that's always true. If we want to understand what's being said, we need to get behind the words and the culture and the, how people thought in those days. And it's very, very different to ours. When we say lamb... We think of mint sauce. Did mint sauce crop? It always crops up when I hear the word lamb. But for them, it was very different. And there were a number of things which would have come immediately to mind. First, there was the lamb that God provided in the place of Isaac for Abraham. You remember, God told Abraham to take Isaac and take him away onto a mountain and sacrifice Isaac. And Abraham, it was a big test for Abraham, his only son, but he took him. And they got the altar ready and all was prepared. And at the very last moment, God stayed Abraham's hand and said, look over there. There's a ram caught in a thicket. Use that. Don't use your son, Isaac. And so uh, God provided a, a ram as a substitute to take the place of Isaac. A substitute. And then they would, of course, thought of the, the Passover lamb. When God was bringing them out of Egypt on the night of that final plague, when the destroyer went through the country, killing the firstborn, um, the, the people of, of Israel were told, every family take a lamb, kill the lamb, eat the lamb as a preparation for the journey that you have to make, and put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of your homes. And when the destroyer comes through, where he sees the marks on the doorpost, then he will pass by. So those marks protected the family within, saved them from destruction. Where I see the blood on the doors, I will pass over and you will be spared. And that, that created an annual festival for the people where they killed a Passover lamb and remembered this marvelous protection that God had provided for them on that terrible night. 
So protection. And then thirdly, the way John describes Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that was another specific sort of uh, phrase for them, really. That would have made them think about the ritual of the scapegoat in the temple. And what they did was uh, they, they gathered, they got two goats and they killed one as a sacrifice for sin. And the second, the live one, the, um, the, the, the high priest would lay his hands on the head of this goat and symbolically transfer the guilt of the people to the animal. And then the animal was sent off out into the wilderness. It sounds a bit strange to us, but it was, it was symbolic of the removal of guilt from the people. So, that's what would have sprung to mind for those people. I doubt if any of you thought of that when you heard the, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But of course, all the sacrificial rituals with lambs and goats, they were, they were just pictures. In some way, they were, they were acknowledging sin and that sin requires dealing with. But it was just a symbol, really. As, as uh, the writer to Hebrew says, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. And I think the people knew it. The blood itself didn't, didn't take the sin away from the people, but it was symbolic. Symbolic of their ad- admission of their sins and that punishment need to be paid for those sins. But now, now, says John, All those sacrifices which were merely symbolic, they are superseded by Jesus, who really does deal with the consequences of sin. John's prophetic insight was that this Messiah that they were expecting, the coming one, had an entirely different purpose and agenda to that which was expected. Not a coming king, but a suffering servant. Not a warrior to conquer and establish political power, but a savior to deal with sin and restore relationship with Father God. Not winning battles, but shedding his own blood for others. And of course, we don't make all the connections about the significance of the lamb of sacrifice, which the Jews of the time would have immediately have recognized. But, This is our Jesus too. And the truths that were relevant then in in 2,000 years ago are the same truth for us. Think about it. Jesus is our substitute. Like the ram provided for Abraham, he stands in our place. He receives our punishment for sin. As the old hymn says, he died that we might be forgiven. As it says in Isaiah, we're all like sheep. We've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. He's our substitute. Jesus is our Passover lamb. Our Passover lamb who saves us from spiritual death and allows us to enter allows us to have eternal life because of his great love for us says in Ephesians God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it's by grace you have been saved we've been saved 
from the wrath of God for our sin, saved from that spiritual death and given new life. He is our Passover lamb. And of course, Jesus is the one who truly takes away our sin. The, scrape, the scapegoat was symbolic of sins being taken away. But Jesus is the, is the reality. He really does take away our sin. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God, it says in Colossians. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean. He really does take away our sin. All the wrong we've done, paid for. All the guilt we carry, swept away. For those who put their trust in Jesus, he takes away their sin. No exclusions, no caveats, no limits, no small print. Forgiveness is offered and the slate is wiped clean. And the scope of this is amazing. He died for the sin of the world. The sin of the world for anyone and everyone who puts their trust in him. And that includes us, if, if that's what we choose. But at what a price. At what a price. The blood of Jesus, the Son of God, shed for me. In my place, condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. What an amazing demonstration of God's great, faithful, committed love for us. And I'd just like to finish with a few verses from Isaiah, who hundreds of years before saw this happening and was given this word from God. And surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As we rejoice in knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior, let us never forget the price he paid. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you, John. In a way, we're going to sing the hymn, the well-known hymn, you'll note that I will sing the wondrous story. And uh, John's been talking about Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And uh, the story of Scripture is wide, isn't it? It's huge. It's universal. 
And we have that task, don't we, of sharing that good news of those we meet day by day, sharing Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So as we sing this song, be reminded in your own heart, in your own life, where is God prompting you to share this amazing story, this truth that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, Be free to stand, to sit, to kneel as we sing this song. Let's sing, I will sing the wondrous story.
And so we're going to uh, be led in prayer now by Eleanor, who's going to, as I say, lead us in our intercessions. Would you please sit to pray? Just have a moment's silence to um, take in that amazing truth that John has just reminded us of. Jesus died for me. Think me. Intercessions, we're praying for others. And we're going out of the church and thinking about things going on outside. And I don't know about you, but it's quite overwhelming. Too many things to pray about. So I've focused on something that um, I read in a a letter from CARE, that Christian organization. And I'm going to read you this bit because for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it's God speaking to me. And I'm focusing on um, the cost of living crisis. I'll just mention that I've put some of these leaflets at the back. Care produces these leaflets. It's called 10 Ways to Pray About the Cost of Living Crisis. I think they're very good. It helps me to think I'm praying with thousands of other Christians as well, but it also reminds me and sparks off other thoughts about how I can pray. I recommend that. I've put them on the back. So this is God speaking to me, and I hope to you. Financial pressures lead to other social ills. Family breakdown and domestic violence are both likely to rise as money worries put pressure on marriages. We may see more abortions as young mums, all too frequently abandoned by dad, feel that they cannot afford to care for a baby. Debt drives others into prostitution and sexual exploitation, and others turn to gambling or substance misuse. Care campaigns on behalf of the vulnerable proposes realistic, hope-filled policy solutions for the government to consider and seeks to address root causes. Many of us see the economic difficulties but we need to redouble our efforts and our prayer to highlight the wider social ills that have the potential to be the real legacy of this cost-of-living crisis. That's God speaking to me, and I can pray into that. There's going to be silence, and I hope we're going to have some pictures which will, may or may not... um, help you to pray but each person you see there is a person Jesus knows by name Jesus died for the great sacrifice we've just prayed him for thanked him for and uh, he loves each one and uh, let's have a silence as we pray into these issues in our hearts and I will end afterwards by using a couple of prayers from this. Thank you.
Lord, may the spirit of generosity, evident during COVID, increase in our communities and churches, leading to many creative acts of kindness and caring. By your grace, we pray. And, O oh God, inspire integrity and grant wisdom, compassion and courage to the Chancellor and all those responsible for financial policies in government and local councils. In Jesus' name we pray these prayers. Amen. Thank you, Eleanor. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. And so as we approach the Lord's table to share in bread and wine, we are going to share the peace with each other. Uh, remember, some people are still uh, being cautious and not wanting to be approached. So if you are uh, uh, wanting to just keep your space, just uh, be sat down. Uh, but others, uh, feel free to share the peace with each other. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. So do share the peace with each other. The Eucharistic prayer will be on the screen behind me. Do join in the words that are in bold time. The Lord is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is always right to give you thanks, God our Creator loving and faithful, holy and strong. You made us and the whole universe and filled your world with life. You sent your Son to live among us, Jesus our Saviour, 
Mary's child. He suffered on the cross. He died to save us from our sins. He rose in glory from the dead. You send your Holy Spirit to bring new life to the world and clothe us with power from on high. And so we join with the angels to celebrate and sing. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father, on the night before he died, Jesus shared a meal with his friends. He took the bread and he thanked you. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. After the meal, Jesus took the cup of wine. He thanked you and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, the new promise of God's unfailing love. Do this to remember me. Jesus Christ has died. Jesus Christ has died. Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, as we bring this bread and wine and remember his death and resurrection, send your Holy Spirit that we who share these gifts may be fed by Christ's body and his blood. Pour your Spirit out upon us that we may love one another, work for the healing of the earth and share the good news of Jesus as we wait for his coming in glory. For honour and praise belong to you, Father, with Jesus your Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And we join in and pray the prayer that Jesus himself has taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. So we continue our normal custom of taking the bread from the table in the centre there and the wine from uh, either side. Uh, there is gluten-free wafers and non-alcoholic wine available to you. Be led forward by the stewards.
And speak of wonders yet unseen. Who can reach the height of understanding to play the notes of wisdom's melody? Who has weighed the dust of every mountain? Who has walked the mysteries of the deep? Who has laid the earth on its foundation? And who conducts the waves upon the sea? I stand in awe of you. I stand in awe. And true, I stand in awe, I stand in awe. 
body Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. The blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. Let's pray for those who can't be here in person with us today. Father, we lift to you those who aren't able to be with us in person here in church this morning. Uh, we lift them to you, asking that your hand of grace and mercy and peace and healing will be upon them. Pour out your spirit on each and every one, we pray in Jesus' name.
so we pray together this prayer following communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Our final hymn is a wonderful one written a long time ago and yet also so still relevant to today because we're praising our eternal God. Open for a thousand tongues to sing our great Redeemer's praise. Let's stand and sing together.
Go now, listen for the voice of the Lord, and follow wherever it leads. Do not be dominated by anything. Allow no room within yourselves for deceit, but offer yourselves as a temple for the Holy Spirit. And may God be with you and speak through you. May Christ Jesus be one with you and raise you to life. And may the Holy Spirit dwell within you and make you holy. And so we go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ.